Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. They're going back to y'all selves for another round of bad counsel. Now that our last thing didn't work, what do y'all think we should do about this 200 wife shortage for the women of Benjamin? And they just haven't learned. And again, we're reading this and we have the benefit of kind of looking from a, a distance. I, I hope that we learn from this. Though. I hope that we learn to be people that do wait on the Lord and we don't make rash decisions and we don't seek out counsel from people that don't give godly counsel. God alone is a source of wisdom. While there are some very smart individuals in our world, if they're basing their opinions off a of man's reason, it will always come up short. Before long, if you follow the advice of the wicked, you will hit a wall. It may bring you earthly success for a while, but you won't find satisfaction. As Pastor Bill will warn in today's message, if you keep returning to the faulty source of wisdom, you can expect your results to stay the same. If you want true wisdom, seek God's counsel. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Judges, chapter 21, for today's edition of A Transforming Word. There are people that have that mindset. If God was so powerful, then why would he let that happen? Why would God let people get killed like that or abused like that or this take place like that? As though, you know, how much evil should God stop, right? He would have to either stop all evil or God lets you have free will. And God lets us have free will. And what men do with their free will is sometimes discouraging and disastrous and despicable when we look at what they do with it. But I have to look at it and say, you know, no one's got no one's ever gotten away with murder ever. Everybody's got to give an account one day to him. No one's ever gotten away with anything. The only per the only way you get away with something, if, if, if you can get away, is, is that you're washed in the blood of the lamb. And in that sense, as our sins are forgiven and they're washed away, our sins are gone as far as the east is from the west. Um, we can be right with God. But other than that, nobody's gotten away with anything. You know, everybody will one day give an account. And so, again, now here they're, they're grieved. They're, they're blaming us on God. Why has the Lord made a void in the tribe of Israel? Verse 16. Then the elders of the congregation said, what shall we do for wives for those who remain since the woman of Benjamin have been destroyed? So notice what they do again. Who do they ask? Themselves. They don't pray. Still not praying. They look they look among themselves. The same people that gave you the last bad counsel. Y'all selves. They're going back to y'all selves for another round of bad counsel. Now that our last thing didn't work, what do y'all think we should do about this 200 wife shortage for the women of Benjamin? And they just haven't learned. And again, we're reading this and we have the benefit of kind of looking from a, a distance. I, I hope that we learn from this. Though. I hope that we learn to be people that do wait on the Lord and we don't make rash decisions and we don't seek out counsel from people that don't give godly counsel. Uh, it says in Psalm 1-1, blessed or oh, how happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. And I would say this every time that you can get ungodly counsel from quote unquote godly people. Uh, there are supposed Christians that'll give ungodly counsel. Uh, I've, I've heard Christians telling people that they can divorce somebody because they got on each other's nerves. And, and a verse in no Bible that, that even the bad versions of the Bible, right? There ain't no verse in no Bible that would support that. But you got some quote unquote Christ, professional Christian counselors that have said that. Yeah, you know, if you guys get on each other's nerves that bad, um, 
God wants you to be happy. And if you're that unhappy, then you guys can go ahead and get happy. Really? I mean, you know, that, that's but that's that happens. That happens today. So um, be careful that where do we get counsel from? We first go to the Lord. Um, there's nothing wrong. Right. The Bible says in the multitude of counsels, there's safety. There's nothing wrong with with acknowledging or, or being able to say, hey, there's some people that God's put in my life that I trust to give biblical counsel. I trust these people believe in the word of God. They know the word of God. And the, 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 when I ask them things, that the answers are chapter and verse. They're giving me things that line up with the word of God. Um, there's a place for that. But when people are just giving you ideas, well, this is what I think. You know, if it was me, what I would do was that you want to run from that. Right? I, I don't care if it was you. It's me. Right? It's me. And I, need, I want to know what God wants me to do, not what you would do if you was me. That's what a lot of counsel. If it was me, you know what I would do. <laughs> and moving on, verse, verse 17. So it says in verse 17, it says, And they said, there must be an inheritance for the survivors of Benjamin that a tribe may not be destroyed from Israel. And so, again, they're, they're very concerned with how to fix the mistake that they made here. And uh, I want to point something out as well, right? They've gone to war twice with themselves right they went to war with benjamin and they wiped out all these people and now they went to war with jabez gilead another one of the tribes didn't show up at the tribe meeting and they killed them and i just want to point out how counterproductive it is for israel as a whole at this era in their history that they're not knocking out enemies they're not going against pagan nations they're not defeating the people that god said defeat and so they've turned on one another and if you remember in, in Joshua, for you guys that went through Joshua with us, in Joshua, there were some of the tribes that when God gave them their lot of land and said, hey, there are enemies in the land. You got to take them out in order to occupy all the land. There were people that were unwilling to fight with the enemies that they needed to go fight with. But look at how willing they are to fight with each other. And so we should be very cautious and careful about fighting with one another. Uh, we need to love one another. When I'm talking about when I'm talking about the body of Christ. So as believers, as Christians, we got to be so careful about being tricked into fighting with one another, battling one another, you know, arguing against one another, backbiting, gossiping, putting down. I can't be fighting with y'all. Amen. Y'all can't be fighting with me. Right. We, we, we got our fight is out there. We got to come here. We got to come together. We're we're it's a, it's a, we're our group. Right. You take believers and it's like a family. But it's a different kind of family. Like we don't we don't pick everybody here. We're all different. Some of you guys are loud. Some of y'all are quiet. Some of y'all are goofy. Some of y'all are, you know, somber. We're all different kind of people. And God's not be family. Come together and be family. There are challenges to that. But they're over there are challenges that can be overcome as we do all the things God tells us. We walk in the spirit as we walk in forgiveness as love as we love one another. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. And so be careful about being because I, I see some Christians that are. It's almost like they, they just attack other Christians. You know, I got a pastor, a friend of mine. He'll post something so innocent. And it's like, it's like they're Pharisees that come out of the woodworks and go, on the internet. I'm like, stop it. Like, golly, what must this look like to the world? He's a pastor, for goodness sake. He, he just gave a little nugget. And they're just like, they're on there just going at him. And I'm like, I'm looking at it like these are these people go to church. These people are gonna be at these people are gonna be at somebody else's church Sunday, and they've been on the, all week just going at somebody else from church. I'm like, 
I hope I'm, I bet I never see none of y'all on there doing that. I, I'm, I'm gonna call you aside and say, "Stop it! Delete your account for a month and get your wife, your walk with the Lord together." So, be careful. We don't want to be doing that. And I, I thought of this, right? Like what they wouldn't do to the enemy, they're doing to one another. There's a uh, there's a rapper. Uh, he's a Christian rapper named K9, and he took all these Bible stories and he wrapped them. And so he took the story of David and Goliath and he wrapped the whole story of David and Goliath. But when David came down and, you know, remember Saul and all the army was they were cowering when Goliath would come out. and They wouldn't go out and say nothing. Um, and then David came down and was like, I'll fight him. And his brothers were like, "You, David, you're just being nosy, man. You know, go home. And they, they, they put him down. And in the rap, the guy said, you know, they, they, they said that to David. He said, won't you go talk to Goliath like that? And everybody was like, ooh, you know, and I, I, I was just thinking of that, like, man, if you would take the energy that y'all are taking to bash each other and go bash the enemy, you guys have some more land. You guys have some more space, you know, things would be a little better for you guys. So uh, moving on, though, verse 18, it says, however, we cannot give them wives for our daughters, for the children of Israel have sworn an oath saying, cursed be the one who gives his wife to Benjamin. So now they're trying to figure out a loophole. How do we get wives for Benjamin? Because we need 200 more wives and we killed and slaughtered Jabez Gilead and we short 200 wives. But we said, cursed be any one of us to give his wife and we're not going back on our oath. And I just, I look at this and I think, man, these guys, are they, for all the other carnality that they'll do, they're going to keep their oath. They're going to keep this word that they, they, this oath that they made in a rash, you know, they should have just said, God, we repent of making bad decisions without asking you and, and you know, went ahead and if that's what they were going to do. But they, they're looking for a loophole. They're looking for a way. How do we, how do, we do this? You know, why we to keep our oath, but we want to still figure out some wives for Benjamin. And so this is what we call compromise. Compromise can be good and compromise can be bad. Compromise is good when you're trying to figure out how to work with people, you know. I'm going to bend your way this time. You've been my way. We'll compromise so we can get things done. That's good compromise. But when you're compromising your relationship with the Lord, that's bad. When you're compromising with the world where you know God's standard is here, but you're bending the rules so that you can be over here, that's bad. And so these guys are that they're compromising in that way. Verse 19, it says they they then they said, in fact, there is a yearly feast of the Lord in Shiloh, which is north of Bethel on the east side of the highest of the highway that goes up from Bethel to Shechem and south of Laborah. Therefore, they instructed the children of Benjamin saying, go lie in wait in the vineyards and watch. And just when the daughters of Shiloh come out to perform their dances, then come out of the vineyards and every man catch a wife for himself from the daughters of Shiloh <laughs> and go to the land of Benjamin. So a whole nother, you know, when you talk about catching a wife, right? They, they, they're being, they're telling them, look, guys, every, every year, this is a holy feast at Shiloh. And they, they're there. Now, the, the, the virgin daughters would have, they would dance. It was a time for it to be known that these are the available women and they could be, they could be given in marriage by their fathers in a right way. And so um, there was a normal protocol. So if somebody was interested, they would approach, they would find out who her father is. They would go to her father with their parents and make an agreement. And then they would set up a wedding. That's how it was supposed to go. He said, this is what y'all do. When we get there, right, they're going to have their little dance. And before people can do a legitimate wedding, run out of the vineyard, snatch you up, a, snatch you up a baddie and get on getting with her. And 
They're gonna say, and and when they come, when they get upset, we're gonna tell them to be be, be merciful to you. Now, again, where did they get an idea like this, right? Without prayer, once again, they just they just keep coming up with stuff. It, it just everything that they've done so far, they just they just come up with another. We got it. We 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 figured out another. We figured out how to fix the last two mistakes. This is how we'll get wives for the last two hundred guys. They're gonna snatch up wives. They're gonna go catch one. And um, so for all you singles, right, the next book, Ruth, if you want to really know how to catch somebody, the, Ruth to talk to us about that. This is not how you do it. You go snatch you up a virgin today. We're going to be somebody will be paying for you to get out of there. So they, they're going to they're told to wait in the vineyards at this holy feast in Shiloh where they should have been going to wait on the Lord. And um, and they're going to snatch up some wives. And so it's, this is the loophole of compromise. Verse 20. 22, I'm sorry. Then it shall be when their fathers or their brothers come to us to complain that we will say to them, be kind to them for our sake, because we did not take a wife for any of them in the war. For it is it is not as though you get you've given uh, the women to them at this time, making yourselves guilty of an oath. And so they said it's kind of tricking them to look. It's not like you gave your daughter to them. They took them. We're good. They got wives. You didn't give them. Everybody's happy. Yay, we figured out a loophole. And I would just say this, that there, there are people that spend their walk with God rather than pursuing holiness and pursuing the Lord. They're looking for how, what can, what can I get away with, right? I can't get drunk, how much can I drink, right? I can't have sex before marriage, how, what can I do before I get married? Like, how far can we go? Y'all know those are the wrong questions, right? I always tell the kids, if, if you're saying, how far, can I, how far can I get to the edge before I fall over? If this is the edge and falling over equals death, what do you really want to do? You want to be up off that edge as far as possible. I'm going to be as far away from that as possible. But if I'm not supposed to have sex before I get married, then I want to be as far away from the possibility of sex before I get married, right? We don't want to be pushing the envelope that way, trying to see how, how far can I go? Right? How, how close can I get to the edge? How, how much can I get away with and still be saved? How much will God take from me and I'm still get to go to heaven? That's how some people live this experience. It's not to be that way. We really want to be people that are saying, God, I want to, I want to honor you with all that I am. I want to do what you want. I want my life to glorify you. I want to live for your pleasure, for your glory. Whatever that is, as you reveal it, I'll obey it. As you show me, I will do it. Not how much can I do what I want and, and, and you put up with it. And so... Again, they, they found their loophole and, you know, it's, it's a mess. And again, as the chapter ends, it's, it's, it's the, that theme that it's, it's everybody. They just did what was right to them. And that's why things were so messed up. Verse 22. And the children of Benjamin did so. They took enough wives for their number from those who danced, whom they caught. Um, then they went and returned to the inheritance and they rebuilt the cities and dwelt in them. I, I look at it, I just say, what kind of marriages were those? You know, how 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 were those father? How were those in law relationships later when it was like you, you one of those you 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 were one of those that snatched up a woman at Shiloh that day, huh? You know, like how how was how did you know? We don't get to know how all that played out, but I can only imagine somebody snatched up your daughter. I mean, we were supposed to have an agreement. You were supposed to come talk to me, and I was supposed to meet your parents, and you meet us, and we make an agreement about how this is going to go down, and you came and snatched her up. And took her. I, I just can't imagine that that went well for everybody. Um, I'm pretty sure it was some dads out there that was like, "No, I'm coming back." 
I'm, I'll be going to meet. We're making a trip to Benjamin, so we don't have that chapter. But I, I bet you, I bet you it was a couple of guys like that out there. I'd have been going back to Benjamin, so you, you, you ain't getting mine for free. Just take my daughter. So, you know, verse, uh, verse 24. So the children of Israel departed from there at that time, every man to his tribe and family. They went out from there, every man to his inheritance. And in verse 25, which is uh, the, really the theme of the book of Judges, it's the mindset. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And so the two things here, there was no king, right? God wanted to be their king, but they wouldn't have him. And there weren't any physical kings. And so at this time, there was no king. There was no authority. What's a king represent? Authority, governing, someone that directs, someone to say, this is right, this is wrong. I'm going to execute judgment if you do the wrong thing or whatever. There was no king in Israel. And so everybody did what was right in his own eyes. This isn't far from what we see in our culture today where people do what they think is right. Here's where it's kind of getting worse in our culture that beyond, you know, people have gone beyond just doing what it is that they think is right to wanting to wanting to, wanting to pull God into the program. So there are people that are like, I'm going to do what I want to do, but I'm going to make it okay with God. I'm going to change God's rules. I know God's word says this is wrong, but I'm going to say it's okay now. I think God's okay with it now. Uh, and so there are a number of things that the Bible would say, no, that's wrong. That our culture today would say, and there are people in churches today that would say, no, it's okay now. But God changed his mind about that. You know, the, the guy at the old table is kind of mean and, and, you know, crasp and, you know, really unloving and stuff. But, but, the, but the, the God after the Bible, that guy that we made up, oh, man, he's, he's cool with everything. Kumbaya. You know, you guys do what you want. And people do what they want. It's, again, it's one thing to do what you want to do. I just want, I, I wanted to be clear when people are doing their own thing, know that you do this apart from God. I think it's a shame when churches or ministers or people in a position where they're supposed to speak for God's truth will mislead people into believing that something is okay that's not okay. Because one day we're all going to stand before God for the things that we've done. Uh, if, we're, if, so if you're not saved, you're born again, you're born again, then the spirit of God will be inside you telling you what you should and shouldn't do, convincing, convicting and, and all of that. But we want to be careful not to be those that are misled that way or trying to bring God into what we want. Um, doing what it is that they want. There's a verse in Proverbs. If you're writing notes, you can write down Proverbs chapter 14. Read it to you real quick. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And so there's a way that seems right to man. This seems right to me, but that ends in death. And so we don't want to do what's right to us. We want to do what's right to God. So here's the conclusion of the book of Judges. We're going to close this era um, the book of Ruth is really in the same era, but it's such a different framework. And what God does there is so different that I, I'm glad they're in separate books so we can separate the two. But here's the conclusion of the book of Judges. This whole era was a time where people did what they thought was right. And we see that it was disastrous for the nation of Israel. That, that they pretty much, they, they didn't go to, they went to war with one another. Um, they were against each other. They damaged each other. And the moral compass was horrible that Israel was worse than Sodom and Gomorrah at this time, right? That when they went to Benjamin for safety, men tried to rape men. And so coming under the covering of the people of Israel and finding out that it's worse than Sodom and Gomorrah, that's how bad things have become at this time. And so that's what will happen when people do whatever they think. 
A um, couple things that, that I would want us to take home, and maybe the biggest thing that I got from the book of Judges this go-round, was every time you went through that cycle where Israel would be walking with, they would be, you know, in peace with God, then they would fall into idolatry with the Lord, then they would cry out, and we see that God would hear them and answer them, send a deliverer, and then they would have a season of peace again. And somehow, whether it was 20 years, 40 years, 10 years, 18 years, somewhere in that time of peace, they would be discontented with just being at peace with God and want something else, want something more than what God had, and they would go after other gods. And they would do it so long that God would say, now I'm upset. Now I'm going to send uh, punishment again. And this go round, I, I was really challenged, and, and I've, I've been saying it over and over, you guys that have been here every week, is that we want to really be careful at that space of life, when things are going well, when everything is going good, when we're, man, God's blessing, everything is good, I'm at peace with the Lord, all my needs are met, there's no wars, everything's going great. It's in that space that we want to be also careful to honor the Lord and worship the Lord. Be careful that we don't let our eyes wander onto other things and that we don't get into other stuff that we appreciate the season of peace. Amen? Amen. And, and in that season, you want to glorify God, worship God, serve God, and be glad for the season of peace. Don't, don't make God have to show up in a way that, you know, I mean, they, they basically forced his hand. God was like, I, I got to do something. I mean, I, I can't just let y'all do that. And the Bible says about us, right? What does God promise to do to his kids? Chasing them. God's, I promise. You my kid, you're going to know about it. You, you get far, you, you, you get so far out there. God's like, I, I'm only going to let it go so far. I promise you, I discipline my kids, you know? We, we want to be careful in, in that space, in that season, when things are going good. And then lastly, something I, I just picked up on, I've mentioned it a few times already, is this group that was so unwilling to fight the wars God had called them to fight was so willing to fight with one another. And as believers, I believe if we, if you find as a believer that you're always battling with believers, right? Probably is because you're not engaged fully in the battle God's called you to be engaged in. Because the more you engage in that battle, the more you realize you need each other here. The more you engage in that battle, the more you realize, I need my brothers and sisters. The more you realize that, that it's us and that. But it's not, I, I can't be at war here and there. And so I would challenge us in that as well, that we would be careful to make sure that we're, our wars are in the right place. To make sure you're not fighting with people. Uh, the Bible says our warfare is, 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 is spiritual. It's not carnal. Um, it's, it's, as we're out there, it's, it's, it's principalities of power, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. That's where the war is at. My war is not with people. People might do dumb stuff. People might be the conduits through whom the enemy is working. But my war is not with people. My war is with the unseen realm. And I, 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 my, my weapons are also not carnal, right? But they're mighty in God to the pulling down the strongholds. Less arguing, more praying. Amen? Amen. And uh, that, that we would see more victories if we as a church were doing that. Not going to be arguing with you and battling with you and bickering with you and talking bad about you. What we can do is get in our prayer closet and get on our face and cry out to our Heavenly Father. He'll hear that, right? And he'll do something with that. He said that in his word. He said that my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, leave their wicked ways. Then I would hear from heaven and heal their land. Then, then as they cried out, I would listen. And so... We want to be engaged in the battle the right way, not in the wrong battles with the wrong people. And so you make sure that you make sure that you're loving one another. Make sure that we're gracious to one another. Make sure that you're quick to forgive one another. We will offend each other sometimes. 
and we just need to be quick to forget. Love covers a multitude of sins. If I love you enough, I'll forgive you quick. Some of y'all got bad kids, but you love them. And so you forgive them. They do all kind of bad stuff, and you just, you just look at their little cute face the next day, and it's like it never happened. Let, 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 that has to happen between us two. Amen? Love, love, love each other enough to forgive quickly that God be glorified through our lives. Thanks for listening today to A Transforming Word. Pastor Bill Buffington is currently teaching through the Book of Judges, an Old Testament book that gives you a glimpse into a volatile time in Israel's history. Throughout this book, however, you also get to see God's faithfulness and mercy as He rescues His people again and again. God is ready to rescue you too. If you're ready to cry out to Him, today you can turn away from your sins and acknowledge the gift of grace that's being offered to you the grace that forgives everything you've done wrong. It's all thanks to Jesus. We want to talk to you more about that. Would you give us a call? Our number is 310-245-4811. We're happy to answer your questions and pray with you as you start a new life. That number again is 310-245-4811. We'd love for you to join us for church this weekend too. While we can't meet you in person right now, we're still joining you live in your own home with our online worship services. Join us Sunday at 9 a.m. on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, or on Instagram. There's links to all of those on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. We're also streaming live on Wednesday at 7 p.m. on those same platforms. Or you can watch later through our YouTube channel. All of that is available at calvaryinglewood.org. We're so glad you took time today to join us in the study of God's Word. And we want you to know that we're praying for you today. Join Pastor Bill next time for another edition of The Transforming Word.